tonight on Powerful Questions, Imperfect Answers. Instead of me asking and answering a question of myself tonight for the 100th episode, I have a special guest, my best friend, Ro. Hello. Hi. <laughs> As if we haven't been sent here for like an hour and a half. <laughs> so what is the question we're supposed to be talking about today? Because... Clearly, uh, our touch of the tandem is becoming more than a touch. Uh, <laughs> oh. No, no, I will remember. I just, my brain is. Okay. Yeah. My, mm-hmm. It was about wanting to talk about self-compassion and like right. learning as I was starting to learn. Like it, it was something about like how has engaging with. The question of like how can you be have compassion for yourself or be kind to yourself like how is that that whole whatever like affected or impacted your life was there actually a question there did i did i that fi- was not a question that? that was a statement <laughs> but like did i finish the thought enough that you can kind of get the gist I, of the question i understand what the podcast is this episode is supposed to be about okay. it's about talking about like Plus, I kind of am now remembering the conversation we had about it where you were like, do you want to be on my podcast? (laughs) It was about, like, because I was there with you through your journey of finding self-compassion. Yeah. And because of that, I was able to also, like, start my journey of self-compassion. Like, obviously, I started mine a little bit later than yours, but I was able to watch you go through part of it. Before you decided that you wanted to try and help other people with self-compassion. Right. Which is also not a question, but... It's not, but we're we're getting closer to the right direction of of where to go. (laughs) I know the gist of what, what you asked me to be on for was, you know, because I've essentially been there from the beginning. Yeah. And because... You've basically been... I was like your... You were a student without being an official student. Right. I was kind of like your first unintentional case study. Yeah. Um, because it's been, what? Oh, I was still dating. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to leave that in? <laughs> Absolutely. You can leave Okay. That in. But yeah, I was still dating that person. That's his name now. <laughs> That's his name now. <laughs> so no. I started the group in 2020 towards the end of 2020 yeah as far as asking yourself a specific question i remember being in the group and being like i have all these ideas and you were like yeah no just asking this question is fine like this is helping me so much and because all i needed was for you to ask that initial question of how can you how can i have compassion compassion for for yourself and then it was you know you started with that one. Right. And then the next one was, um, what are some ways that you can see other people have been kind to you or shown you love oh, the, or something like that? Oh, how you already loved question. Right. And it was little things like that that really helped me, especially at the beginning. Because it wasn't, you weren't trying to get me to go from where I was at, which was a very terrible place. Um, not, 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 not the best place in the world that I, yeah. There was, Um, there was a lot on your plate, mentally, emotionally, in the, physically as well. Yeah. yeah, I was, I was going through a lot. You were. You know, that was a really bad breakup. That was a really bad relationship. And unfortunately, my relationship with that ex ended a different relationship, which was, at the time, really shitty for me. Um, you are not mentally, emotionally stable at all. No, I was in a very bad place. So it wasn't like you were trying to get me to go from that to immediately being positive. Right. You were just trying to remind me, hey, you know, life is hard and we were in the middle of a pandemic. What can you do to just be kind to yourself? And, you know, it started with, you know, I blocked this person. I deleted all of this stuff, you know, and then it was, what are ways that you were already loved? And it was, you know, my coworker 
brought me a Red Bull because I worked third shift at the time. It was you checking in on me. It was, you know, my brother asking me how I was doing. It was teeny tiny things that I had never really thought about. And that was really what did it to get the ball really rolling was I started paying attention to all of the little things that I wasn't giving notice to before. I was realizing that whether he realized it or not, my current boyfriend, <laughs> who was just a co-worker at the time, was paying attention to how I was feeling more than... Well, no, by the time he was noticing, we were more than co-workers, we were more than friends, but we were not dating. Um, he noticed immediately when I was having a bad day one day, and like, stood there in the kitchen at Topper's and was like, I know something is bothering you, and it has nothing to do with work. And that was the first time that someone who was in that sort of, like, spot in my life was, like, actually paying attention. Without me having to be like, hey, I'm in a bad fucking mood. Yeah. Or, hey, this is going on, or, hey, that's going on. And then I remember, um, even when you weren't doing that, asking the questions actively every week, because yeah. it was a different one every week at that point. It was initially, yeah. It got to the point where the group was just a safe enough space, not just for me, but for some of the other people as well, to just be like, hey, this happened today, and it was really hard. And instead of being upset about it, for the next three days or whatever. For years. <laughs> right. Instead of being stuck on being upset about it, I did this kind thing for myself. Well, and it's almost like asking you the question, like even just letting it be simple enough of asking you that question gave you permission to start like being kind to yourself even when I wasn't. Right. Like, I, I think well, it that's did. What, what you're saying is that even yeah. when I wasn't actively like this you were starting to be able to integrate those new practices right? just by asking yourself that question and then, like, being intentional about it, like, acting on it. Yeah. Or even if I wasn't asking myself the question regularly, which after a while I wasn't. Like, I right. don't do it now. Right. But I still notice... Sometimes I do, but only right. in, like, really activated moments. Right. Because I started that habit, because of the, the group, and because of you posing those questions... I was able to find really good answers or, like I said, notice things that I wasn't noticing. So even now, I'm still paying more attention to, like, little things that I wasn't noticing before. Like my grandparents being on vacation going, how are you? Mm -hmm. Like, texting me. How are you? You know, are you doing good? Stuff like that. Or my grandma, my other grandma calling me. And being like, today, literally today. <laughs> She's like, I'm at the store. The taco salad, or the taco dip, is on sale for $2.11. Do you want one? Uh, yes, I do. Thank you. <laughs> because she knows I love taco dip. I mean, honestly, good good call. <laughs> right. Well, and, I, and, I, and um, she remembers one time I called her. Months ago. Like, I couldn't even tell you how long. Like, Grandma, where is the taco dip? I can't find it. I've looked everywhere in the store. She's like, oh, well, it should be right here. I'm like, Grandma, I'm standing right in front of it. It's not there. I, I literally cannot find it. It's not here. And funnily enough, I was going to buy one yesterday, and I couldn't find them again. So today, my grandma was at the store, and I get a call at, like, I don't know, noon, 1130. And she's like, hey, dear. They've got taco dip on sale for $2.11. <laughs> Do you want one? Because they're usually like 12 bucks. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, y yes, please. I would love one. And she's like, Do you want, do you need chips too? I'm like, No, I have chips. But like, that's something that I now yeah. pay more attention to as a she's thinking about me. She remembers that this is something that I like. Even though the last time I talked to her about it was months ago, and that 
that's like... Like, the initial thing was, like, five seconds, right? Right. It was, like, a 30-second phone call of, Grandma, where do they have this? Yeah. Which pick and save are you at? The one right by us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, it's little stuff like that that I now am more subconsciously Aware taking of. note of. Yeah. And if it hadn't been for that initial, hey... I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had that. I love this so much because I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Like I, like you've, you've told me how I've helped you before, but it wasn't like, you've told me a lot about like the boundaries. Yeah. It wasn't about these like little moments that it's also like affected your life. Oh yeah. And like, I had a, been having a, a similar experience with, with my parents because of that question as well. Mm -hmm. Like in the past, it was, like, nobody's hearing me, nobody's paying attention to me. And, like, there's still some of that. There's there's some limitations that are probably but still... But your mom also has hearing aids, so literally sometimes she can't hear you. Right, right. No, that's what I mean. You know. like there, there are some, some circumstantial limitations that might not right. change. But, like, and also, like, mom will send me a text message sometimes, like, hey, we're doing this. And it's like in the past, I would have been like, okay, and like I'm not there. I don't need to know about the like the the autism brain of like why is this relevant to me? And now it's just like she's 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 sharing this with me as a like connection bit. Like she's right. That's sharing this that's with one me. of her love languages. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like I'm not annoyed by it anymore because I understand that she's intending to share love in that way. Yeah. Like she's like penguin pebbling. She is. And I couldn't see that for myself before asking that either. Yeah. So, like, I... And I also, like, didn't consciously realize that until this conversation. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Obviously, I, I noticed it subconsciously, but, like... Uh-huh. Yeah. The student becomes the teacher. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... It's... Well, in a lot of our conversations, when we actually talk like this, mm -hmm. we one or both of us end up realizing one or more things. Yeah, always. Right? Like, I'm definitely excited to be on a podcast with you. Like, it's going to be so oh, chaotic. I... <laughs> it, it is going to be so chaotic and, like, fun and, like, life-changing, but oh, definitely yeah. chaotic. It's going to be... I'm just going to... It's going to be the lowkeyest podcast. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> Back on like, topic. So, like, I really, like, after seeing how this single question could change my life and, like, really seeing how, like, you know, the, the question that started all, like, how can I have compassion for myself? Mm -hmm. Seeing how that made my, like, impossible panic attack nights at 3 a.m. more bearable mm -hmm. and how that made, like, also affected my headmates. Like, I could do an entire five, maybe five more podcast episodes on, like, how me asking questions has affected my headmates and given them space to grow in ways that I didn't previously attribute to myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, I kind of became, like, a, like, ooh, I wonder what other questions I can ask myself mm -hmm. and, like, just let my brain do the do its thing. Because, like, and, and, like, I love the way that it's gotten the the compassion question and the how are you already loved question. Um, I love how both of those have kind of like already gotten integrated into like both of our psyches. Yeah. Just from asking it like a couple of like intentionally. Right. And like paying like attention. Like four years ago. Yeah. But like it, we did, it did not take that long like no. of conscious work to do that. I'm excited about all of these questions that I'm asking myself because like, like on this podcast, like I honestly, one night I got a little bit hyper fixated on, on questions as one does, as one does, obviously. Um, and I like put a bunch of them in this little like see through jar or tin or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I probably have at least between like 25 and 40 questions that I can just at any time Boop. and like, knowing the the that my brain is going to keep finding answers for these empowering questions. Yeah. Even if I don't keep asking it, like knowing just from watching how it's gotten integrated 
in in how the compassion has gotten integrated for both of us just by asking it a couple of times like i'm really excited about like like i feel like asking these questions is what's going to be is what's going to like help me continue like reaching that next level continue growing and like yeah really enjoying who i'm who i'm being and who i get to be Mm -hmm. well and the thing too is with asking these questions these are like quote unquote such simple questions but literally starting out with how can you have compassion for yourself today how can you be kind for yourself today how can you show yourself love today is literally what really got me started on being able to have the boundaries that I have today. So it's like a little, something seemingly so small has such a huge domino effect. I want you to talk more about those boundaries in a second because those are fantastic. And I just fan the ego, fan that I I need to have a record (laughs) of it that is not going to get lost in Messenger forever because it's amazing and I'm super proud of both of us. Yeah. The answers to this question to these questions when you're answering them in in real time don't have to be big right like like you said they were they were like um, literally my coworker bought me a red bull right yeah or like how you can be kind to yourself mm-hmm. like sometimes my answer to that question was like taking a drink of water and like focusing on like the intention of like I'm doing this to take care of my body, even right. if I feel like I'm at war with it right now. Right. Like little things mm-hmm. that can make such a huge such a huge difference. Such a huge difference, yeah. Yeah. Okay, go back to that boundary thing. So yeah, starting out with how can you be kind to yourself? How you know, it goes back to the I was in a really bad place. And when you don't care about yourself, you don't care about upholding boundaries for yourself. Absolutely which is not. also part of why the last relationship I was in went on so much longer than it really should have. Is because I let my boundaries kind of be walked all over and kicked down. Yes. And abusers abuse. That's true. Like, absolutely, you did not. But, like, you did not have the boundaries that you have now. But... Right. But the there reason, was more responsibility in that. Oh, there was absolutely more responsibility. He's re- he is responsible for his part. Yes. And I'm responsible for mine. Mine is, I let it get to the point where I cared so little that I didn't care about the boundaries as much as I should have. Yep. And I knew what he was doing was wrong, and I let it happen. I knew it was wrong. He would do something. I'd confront him. And, you know... It wouldn't really change things. When I finally was done, right, the one time... I love this so much. The conversation I was having with him, because we had set a boundary. Because as polyamorous people do, you set boundaries. And seeing as that was my apartment that... (laughs) That was my apartment that he was coming into. And I'm fine with that. Nesting partners are a thing. And... You know, whatever. But there were boundaries about certain areas and certain things. Like, no sex with other people in the bed. And one of mine, for health reasons, obviously, was if you want to use, if you don't want to use condoms with other people, I want us to use them so we can be safe. Like, for my getting real (laughs) right we are um we're getting real that was that was something that i had discussed with him months before our other partner came into the relationship and they came in you know being his partner first and Mm -hmm. then eventually mine it was i don't know april something like that when him and i talked about this and had this boundary of we're polyamorous we're going to be dating other people. Chances are we're going to be hooking up with other people. And I am more concerned about it than he was, which is fine. And both of those boundaries got broken. The first one that I knew about was the condoms. And so once they were on birth control and it was safe, they stopped using them. And the most fucked up part about that is they asked him, does Ro know about this? And he said to them, 
We haven't talked about it, but I'm sure they know. Oh, no, no, no. They did not know. <laughs> so I found out about that, and he, I confronted him about it because this was closer to the end. This was probably within the last month or two of our relationship. I confronted him about it, and I was like, hey, uh, this is not okay. You never came back to me. We never reassessed this. You just did it. And you lied to me. And you lied to them. And that's not okay. And he just kind of smirked and blah, blah. But at that point, I was I was where I was, which was not a very good place. Right. I, I thought very little of myself. I was very depressed. Like, the most depressed I think I've ever been in my life. Which is saying something. That is. You've had many bouts of I've, depression. I've had a lot of shit happen to me. So for that to be what I consider the most depressed I've ever been, says a lot about the situation that I was in. Yeah. And then when I finally was done, I was at my wit's fucking end. The boundary was no sex with other people in the bed. Because my bed has always been my safe space. Right. My parents argued very rarely, at least very rarely, that we could hear and my bed is where I went for my solace because this is, you know, as a, as a teenager, I had no idea that I had the tism. But I like being by myself. My room was where I went to do that. So my bed, my room, my safe space. That's like my comfort. That's my relax. That's my reset. That's my recharge. So to have somebody break that so completely and lie to me about it for pretty much the entirety of the time that we had been dating this other person fucked up part that's not why I ended the relationship the reason that I broke up with him was because I caught him that's what happens when you do something you're not supposed to do is you get caught Mm -hmm. and he's like he literally said to me you always have to catch me because you're doing something wrong like it didn't make sense then it makes less sense now for him to say that I finally got to the point where I was so done I was mad, and I kicked him out. I'm like, I don't want you in my apartment anymore. Also, that whole situation is also why I started with the self-compassion and started on the journey that I'm on. But what really got me to be done with him wasn't the cheating, wasn't the lying, wasn't the breaking boundaries. I had never had a relationship last as long and get to the point it was with another AFAB vagina having person. Mm-hmm. And I was finally super comfortable with all the things. What really got me to the point of I'm done, I can't do this anymore was somehow from that point where him and I were arguing and they were finally they, they were seeing my side. My ex had flipped the script on me somehow and convinced our other partner that I was a terrible person. And they told me stuff like, he's never going to be happy with you, you're such a a manipulative bitch, and, like, you guilt him into this, and you force him into agreeing to these boundaries that he never wanted to agree to. Because he's the victim, right? Right. He's always the victim. So you finally said enough. She broke up with, they broke up with me. And that was it. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't fucking believe this happened. Because one of my biggest fears and why it took me so long to get to the point I was with them was that because they had met him first, Mm -hmm. he got to tell the story however he wanted to. So my biggest fear was always that they were going to care about him more and they were going to love him more and they were always going to be on his side no matter what happened. And then they did. And then they did. His twisted words that had flipped them from understanding why I was so upset to... I can't be with somebody who's like that. Don't talk to me again. We're done. And that's when I broke up with him. Not because he cheated on me. Not because he broke my boundaries. But because he ruined my other relationship. And that's really... Apparently that's where I drew the line. At that point in my life. Can I interrupt? Yeah. I want to take a moment to celebrate that it's not that you weren't setting boundaries... You just weren't able to uphold them as strongly or fiercely as you needed to. Yeah. But, like, it's still 
I still want to celebrate you because you were still having those boundaries. Right. But like you said, abusers abuse. Abusers abuse. So it doesn't right. matter how strongly I would have uphold, upheld those. Right. And until you hit that breaking point of like, this is this is the line. Then you started the self-compassion group. And I, and I started going to therapy. That and I was... started going to therapy while him and I were still dating. And I think that I, was another big help. I remember you telling me about that. It's like you, you were making like all of this progress in right. therapy, and even even your therapist was like, "Where the fuck is this coming from? <laughs> like yeah. you're making massive progress." Right, and it was because outside of therapy, I was in a group where I was being asked, "How can you be kind to yourself today? How can you show yourself compassion today?" And like. I had been on a spiritual journey in and of itself for several years with having had my fill of being hurt and abused and having all my boundaries broken and having the self-compassion group and having, you know, finally started to go to therapy again, I was making leaps and, like you said, leaps and bounds of progress Yeah. from, like, I have this boundary and, oh, well you've kicked it over to now I have this boundary and like now I'm at the point where I I have gone low to no contact with family because I just will not allow certain people to treat me I will not allow anybody not certain people nobody gets to get away with treating me poorly or like so much right now (laughs) in in a way that is less than what I deserve. And, you know, it's like, it's been three and a half years, four years in the making. Yeah, it wasn't an easy decision. No, it wasn't easy. Um, and it wasn't easy to get to the point of where I am now, like, no, these are my boundaries. This is my life. I get to make decisions. I understand that you've known me literally my whole life and you have certain expectations. But the way you treat me is not okay, and I'm not here for it. So to go from what I was with my ex of, well, you broke another boundary, and well, you broke another one, and well, I mean, we've been together this long, and, you know, we've known each other for forever, and all this other stuff, so we'll just keep on chugging along because it's familiar. It was, it was the status quo. Right, and it was familiar. Yeah. And I know that, too, because... Once I started really working on the self-compassion and, I mean, you remember me, well, maybe (laughs) somebody remembers me posting about how when I first met my current boyfriend and, like, really started seeing him, not even, like, seeing him outside of work, but really started to be like, hmm, maybe this one, and realizing he was not of the usual caliber, that I had been dating in the past. And then I remember in the self-compassion group, I it became a, a place where I felt comfort, comfortable not just talking about boundaries and things I had self-compassion for myself for, but about him too. Like, you know, I remember calling him my chaos calmer. There's because that's definitely what some posts where you were processing... I was going through a lot, yeah. Um, and instead of saying his name because of how new it was and how I knew he didn't know what I knew he was about. <laughs> okay. Like, one of those, I knew he liked me before he knew he liked me kind of things. Like, I knew what he was about before he knew what he was about. Yeah. So, not wanting to put it out there too soon and, like, jinx it. I would just call him my chaos calmer. I saw him. At, I saw my chaos calmer at work today. I was having a bad day. You know, it was just the two of us working. Or I took him home after work and we talked in the car. Because, like, it was really easy for me to open up to him because he had been through a lot of the stuff right. that I had been through. And he'd met my ex. Which, let me tell you, he laughs about now. <laughs> He's like... I remember you brought them and you introduced me to them. And I was just like, huh, okay, that's not going to last. I'm like, honey, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) No, honestly, though, like, with with the previous person, like, 
I think because it was so status quo and so for in so many ways, like we've known this person for so long since high school. Since high school, well, technically since middle school, but realistically since high school. At 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 least since high school, right? It was kind of just like, yeah, this is who we, who he is. This is who right. I am in around this person, and that's just who we were, right? And and we couldn't get past that, and then like like the you it was it's almost like okay breathe. Fuck. <laughs> I know. It's it's almost like you he crashed into your boundary of what you were willing to put up with so hard that it like rippled back and you were able to like really consciously or not recognize like more of your value on like yeah. to yourself on such a like a, such a high level. Um that, like, you were, like, kind of, like, poking at before. Yeah. But you couldn't really get there because of, like, like you, you hadn't had that line crossed before. Right. And so... Well... I mean, you had... But, like, not like that. Like, it wasn't enough right. to make you be like, okay, I'm done. Like, right. It, it, was a, it was hard crossing that line. To be fair, I do remember, and I don't always remember that I said this, but I do remember now talking about this. I told him... When we started dating again, the last time, I said, I have one more breakup with you left in me. If we cannot make this work, that is it. Yeah, there was there was definitely signs of you valuing yourself and caring about your own needs more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like from what you've said that that breaking your other relationships was really the, like, catalyst that you were, like, okay. Right. That was the last straw. No more. Yeah. And then, like, that has just, like, seeped into so much else, so many mm-hmm. other relationships in your life as well. Like, once you were, like, oh, I get to choose how you're going to treat me or you're not going to be in my life. Like, that mm-hmm. was... Yeah. Having somebody who cared about you essentially forcibly removed from your life not by anything really that you did, but by something someone else said or did, is really, it was really terrible. You can keep talking. I have to pee. Yeah. It's going to be weird talking to myself. (laughs) I didn't want to let other people determine who could and couldn't be in my life anymore. And then with, you know, going to therapy and talking about everything that happened and how I was seeing a new guy and how that was, you know, I was worried that it was going to get messed up because I knew that I had a lot I had to work through. And, you know, thankfully, because my current partner has been through a lot of the same stuff, we were both willing to kind of be slow and patient with each other. And so he also gave me the space I needed to do some healing, like some, uh, like romantic relationship healing that I don't think I would have been able to give myself otherwise, or at least not, um, to the extent or as quickly as I was able to when I was with him, I didn't have so much chaos. So it was just easier to have space to heal because my current partner offered me the healthy, safe space that I needed. How does that feel, talking to yourself on that? Fucking weird. It is, isn't it? Fucking weird. (laughs) Yeah, no, I had to pretend like you were still sitting there and it was still weird. I didn't. I don't like it. But yeah, I was talking about how because of the relationship I'm in now... I was able to heal from a lot of stuff from my previous relationship. And I know you and I have talked about this before, where I've said because of the healthy space that my partner provides me in the relationship that we have, and because he's so dead set on communication also, when we were friends, we talked about my ex did this. We talked about his ex, and we talked about how... We're both not in the place for this to be, a, a like, a thing. 
And, like, even when I told him, hey, just so you know, (laughs) I did catch feelings for you. He thought about it for a couple of days, and that was really hard. And I'm pretty sure I reached out to you a lot during that time because I was like, he's he's changed his whole, he switched it up on me, he's changed his tone, or he's not talking to me. And you're like, okay, another good question. What's the worst that could happen? Which is also something that has gotten me through some stuff. Like, what is actually the worst thing that could happen? Right. Like, what is actually the worst thing that could happen? And having you there to ask me that and be the person that I'm bouncing this off of, you're like, okay, what's the worst that could actually happen? And in that instance, it was, well, I've overwhelmed him. It's too much. He doesn't want to talk to me anymore. Okay. What happens then? Or, and what does that mean? Or, you know, you brought those leading questions to help me get to the conclusion of not a panic attack. Which, by the way, phenomenal. (laughs) Phenomenal finessing. Because I remember several times being on the verge of, like, having an anxiety attack or a panic attack. Like the, (sighs) kind of ones. Mm -hmm. And you just being like, okay, but... Really, 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 what is the worst thing that could come from this? Like, that time I found his shirt, and I wore it, and sent a picture to him. You're like, okay, had to be what's the worst? convinced to wear it. And then I had to be convinced to go and get him still. Accurate. <laughs> and it was like, okay, what's the worst that happens? If you do this, what's the worst that happens? Well, he doesn't like it, and, <laughs> and I, he doesn't come over, and I just take him home. Right. And, you know, okay, and what's the worst thing about that? And how how bad is that really? How is this going to... It feels counterintuitive to say what's the worst that could happen when you're panicking, right? But it's like the best thing. But it's in the some best because right. you're already there. Right. On, on some level, you're already there. So you just pull the thread and you follow it. Saying it out it. loud, yeah, it's just like giving yourself permission right. to like be where you are. And then you realize... Oh, well, the worst that could happen isn't all that bad. I have been talking a lot, which totally fine, because I deserve to be heard, too. Yes, you do. Which is another thing that was not always the case. I very often, if you remember... I do, actually. ...did not talk about a lot of stuff that was bothering me. I kept a lot of shit bottled up. And now, the only reason I don't bring things up to people is because the repercussions it would cause for other people. Like, there are certain conversations I'm not having because if one more motherfucker yells at my grandma, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. So I'm not going to bring up certain conversations to certain people because that will be the result of it if I do. It's not that I'm doing what I used to do because I do not have a very regular biannual breakdown twice a year. Anymore. Anymore. Whereas I did for a long time. You did. Very predictable in a, like, this is concerning, are you okay? Obviously not. No, I'm but not. Like... I was not okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the predictability of it was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. So also, I've noticed for me having these conversations with you, mm-hmm. you know, this is the only one that's been recorded, but all of our non-content created conversations um not all of them but some of them really shine a light on how much I've changed in the last three to four years because where I was like when I was with my ex I am missing I had to count six teeth Because I was not taking care of myself. I don't think I brushed my teeth more than five or six times in like nine months. And I was not showering. Like that's part of why I say that was the like the most depressed I've ever been is because it it was. You've you've always had a certain level of like still being able to get up and do the things that you had to do. Right. And I couldn't if you were suffering by yourself. Right. So I I get that. On that note, the other reason I know that was the worst I've ever been 
is because that's also when I told my ex, I need you to take our daughter more full time. Because, and I used every other excuse. It was, you know, I'm in between jobs. I'm having a hard time money-wise with gas. It's just not feasible for me to keep doing this. Um, you know, so can you just have her during the week? And then at one point it was so bad because I couldn't go to, I couldn't work. I like the thought of getting up and trying to find a job. I couldn't do it. I couldn't shower. I couldn't, I couldn't take care of my, I barely, I barely fed myself. Like, I don't know how I managed to buy food let alone cook food or feed myself. Like, I genuinely do not remember. And... Yeah, it's not like me where if I disappear, Alex will just take over and do right. shit that needs to I be don't, done. I don't have anybody else to come out when I want to go and hide. Right. Or, like, when I can't handle something. Right. It's just me. Um, That's how... That's really how I know that was the worst. And... I am still dealing with some of the repercussions of, like I said, I'm missing six teeth. They're just teeth. I get it. I can get fake ones. It's not a big deal. But it just really drives home how bad it was before I started taking care of myself, before I started working. Like, because what happened is I started caring more about myself. I started going to therapy. I got a job, and because I had the job, I was forced to regularly take a shower and brush my teeth. The social pressures of having a job forced me to start taking care of myself again, which helped me become better, but I, w I could still, I still know that I was so depressed because that summer is the only summer that ever was or ever will be where I did not see my kid at all for like two or three months like I did not see her at all that specifically like fuck the teeth fuck the showers that is really how I know that's really how I know that that's the most depressed I've ever been because the thought of not seeing her physically hurts me every time I think about it and I know, logically, I know it was for the best because the relationship I was in, what what was going on those last couple of months that I was with my ex, I would rather give up every day with her than to have her see that happen to me and see me experience that and think that that's okay. I would rather give up everything than to have had her there to see that, to see how bad I was, to see how bad the relationship was. And now I can confidently say that my relationship with her father is improving. Obviously, my relationship with my current boyfriend is significantly better. She thinks he's amazing to the point of, she will not stop asking when we're getting married and to give her siblings. Oh, I didn't know about the second one. Oh, no. She has asked us, she's asked me specifically at least three or four times, Mom, when are you and him going to have a baby? She's told me. She's got it all figured out. She's got it all planned out. She's got it all planned out. That's amazing. <laughs> Probably not for you, but for me, that's that's amusing. It is funny because, you know, the the last time she asked about um, when we were getting married, I think we were in the kitchen, and she turns to him and goes, so when are you going to give my mom a ring? When are you going to propose? When are you guys going to get married? And he goes, uh, we'll know when we know. When it's time to know, we'll know. And I'm like... That's not a satisfying answer to a child. For an eight-year-old? Oh, absolutely not. No. But, like, thinking about that and thinking about where I am now... Yeah. Just literal two exact opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, I can tell that I am kind of dealing with some depression right now, but to be fair, 
I have a lot of shit on my plate. You do. With everything going on in my life, even now, I am nowhere even close to where I was four years ago. And I've said it before, and I will say it again. It is because you allowed me, you showed me the directions. You allowed me to follow in your footsteps or, you know, your tire tracks, you know, Uh, to get here. I wish we had that moment on camera because your face when you were like, I'm going to make this joke. I'm going to say it. (laughs) Right. But for the people who are not in my life listening to this podcast who don't actually know me in person, I currently use a wheelchair to get around in my day to day life. That is why that's funny. It's fucking hilarious. It is wild to see, to feel, to recognize the difference that how can you have compassion for yourself today? That one question has literally, and I need you to understand, I mean this with the utmost sincerity, it has literally changed my life. Two full decades of you knowing me and being my best friend. If it were not for you, I do not know that I would be in the place that I am today mentally, emotionally, and to have the strength to stick to the boundaries that I have the way that I am doing now. Because five years ago when I confronted a family member, I don't feel loved. I don't feel like you want me in your family. I still came over all the time. I still put in all of the effort into that relationship. And now, that low to no contact that I was talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. yeah. If they decide to talk to me, I will talk to them. Do you have anything else for for someone who is, like, just considering, um, like, listening to this episode, like, just considering, like, asking themselves that question, like, how can I have compassion Is there anything else that you feel like you want to say to that person or? Sometimes it's easier to think about the ways that other people are showing you compassion or kindness or little ways of loving you first. Like, I know that helped me a lot at the beginning. How are other people in your life showing you compassion? Because like, yeah, it's easy for me to be like, oh, I did this for myself today. That... Like, as somebody who's got issues of the self, you know, my self-esteem is very rocky and tumultuous. Like, I love my body. At this point, I love my body, but I don't always like it. Mm-hmm. And at the point where I was starting out, that was not the case. Yeah. But I don't always like what I see, but I love my body, and it's, it's you know... You've at, at least reached respect. Right. Something that you say is, not the exacts, but the gist, is if you can't do body positivity, do body neutrality. My body gets me to and from my job. For me, my body carried a child. My body allows me to do things. Even even with limitations, it still is working with you. Right. And then... Seeing other people, how they care for you, how they do kind things for you, can help you go from a negative self-image to at least a neutral one, and then help you get from that neutral to that positive. On the note of caring about others and letting that aid in caring about you, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but all those times that I was passively suicidal, like on a long whatever basis. Yeah, yeah. Um... There were so many times where it was like, when, like, the very beginning of my compassion journey, um, before I started the group, but like when I was kind of figuring it out for myself when I was in that dark place, mm-hmm. there were so many times of where it was like I couldn't get there for myself. And so it was like, this is going to sound weird because you don't go by this name anymore. But it was like, my friend Ronnie is deserving of compassion. And then at the end, it's like, and so am I. Like, that's how I would... Right. That's how I would get around it, is, like, focusing on my caring about you, and then, like, just at the end, like, and so am I. Like, 
as an afterthought. Sneaking it in. Just sneaking it in. Absolutely. It is absolutely a fake it till you make it. That's it is. how all of this is. It is absolutely sneaking it in. I'm not, al- the- I'm not always a fan of the fake it till you make it. I like to face it until you make it. Like, I like that yes, better. But like in this too. case, in this case, it was absolutely a faking it. Well, I don't think it's... It, it, sneaking it in is, right. is more accurate I don't think than faking, faking it is accurate because um, you're doing it intentionally. Yeah, okay. So, so sneaking it in instead right. of faking it. But it was one of those, like, I knew just enough about how the brain worked... It was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on this feeling of caring about this person, and then I'm gonna say, and so am I, because because mm-hmm. my my subconscious only knows me, and so it doesn't care that that and so am I was a secondary thought. It still counts. It still heard it. Yeah. It still heard the. And so, so like, am I. Right. So like the way that I was feeling like I had to say it was like my friend Ronnie is worthy of compassion, and so am I, and what my what my subconscious heard was my friend Ronnie is worthy of compassion. And so am I. Right. Like it It was just a full sentence. It was, they are deserving. I am deserving. Right. Exactly. Something that still works when I have those really dark moments, because it is forever, you know, recovering from feeling suicidal. And especially what got me through the worst of it. After losing my mom, but after having my daughter, after losing my mom. Okay. Like, it's the combination of the two. Mm-hmm. It's, I can't do that because I will not, I will not, I will not put my daughter through the same things that I went through. And I will not do it on purpose because I was 18 when mom died. Right. My daughter is eight. I will not force her to grow up without a mother. I will not have my grandparents lose me too. And as much as it is less high up on the list than it used to be, I will not have my dad lose somebody else. You know, I can't do that to my brother. It's real easy to start out with remembering other people and then adding yourself in. Yeah. Like, I really, really hate it when all of that shit comes out and it's like, how can you really love someone else if you can't love yourself? Oh my God, I can love somebody else so much better than I can love myself. But having that reminder of my brother loves me because if he didn't, he wouldn't ask me how I'm doing, especially not when I know everything he's going through. Right. My grandma loves me, and I know she loves me because she cares in tiny ways like taco dip. Right. You know, it is, you know, I don't want you to go through that. Thank you. You know. <laughs> and Likewise. <laughs> you know, you care about me. Yeah. So if somebody is struggling with, How have I been compassionate to myself today? How can I find compassion for myself today? Start with, how was somebody else compassionate to me today? Even if it's a stranger. Like, I work at a hotel. And, like, a delivery person just leaving, walking out, in passing. Oh my god, I love your hair. Oh my god, thanks. (laughs) Like, it was not somebody I knew. Right. It was literally five seconds. And... It changed your entire day. Right. Also, starting to do that for other people in those small moments of, oh my god, I really like your hair. Oh my god, that's such an amazing shirt. And seeing how it changes them. About things that they can make choices about and change. Right. Yeah. Can also, at least for me, it helped me. Because in that moment, you can also think of, I just helped make their day better. Mm -hmm. and that helps you put value in yourself. Like, if you have to do it for other people at first, do it for other people at first. There's absolutely absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like, don't listen to anybody who says, if you can't love yourself, you can't love someone else. Because that's just, realistically, it's, it's, yeah, it's 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 harmful, harmful. and it's untrue. Yeah. 
because I can guarantee you and you can guarantee me <laughs> that at times where I know you did not love yourself, I did. Yeah. And at times where I had a really hard time loving myself, you did. Yeah. Even in moments where circumstances outside of our control, because again, abusers abuse, we were not in contact for like nine months. But <laughs> the point of me bringing that up is even during that time where I was going through all of that shit and I was upset, you always still cared. You yeah. always reached out. It was Absolutely. even if I ne- even if I never responded, and I know there were times where you messaged three, four, five times in a row. I was like was trying to. You were respecting respect my wishes, your boundary, yeah. But you were also showing me that you still cared, and obviously, like those. I'm feeling a little bit of, like, those times where, like, days or weeks in between. Like, oh, oh yeah. Because my brain is, like, I messaged five times in a row and one day is, like, no. no, no. no. Five or six <laughs> times over the span of, like, the entirety of that time. Yeah. No, it was, you. you know, you'd send me a happy birthday. Or, you know, just, like, I was thinking about you. I just want you to know you don't have to, con- you don't have to respond. But I just want to make sure you know that I'm still thinking about you. And even through all of that, even when I wasn't responding, you know, object permanence is really fucking weird. Out of sight, out of mind. It is. So, like, there was some of that going on because the ADHD brain is very good at compartmentalizing and putting a thing back there in the corner. But even through that, obviously, I was still caring about you because I literally remember the thought. (laughs) The thought was, I'm not going to fucking let him ruin at that point like 15 years of friendship yeah i was like absolutely not and then i reached back out and i was like hey i decided i don't even, honestly i don't even remember i was like on that this is not about the podcast but that day that you reached out i was so happy i cried like that you were not just completely done with me forever i i had to cry right <laughs> My very long (laughs) final thought to people who are having trouble with finding compassion for themselves or answering the question, how can I be compassionate to myself, is start with other people. Start with how somebody else was kind to you or how you were kind to somebody else. Because if you can be kind to somebody else, you can be kind to yourself. I can do things for future me that I can't do for present me. Yep. If that's what you have to do, because your brain has no idea that there's a difference. Yeah. Like, you is you. I'm going to draw a bath for future me. Yeah. Doesn't matter that future me is in five, ten minutes. Right. And that bath is self-care and yeah. self-compassion. It's the little things like that of... I'm going to do this for future, insert your name here. So if you have a nickname, like for you, you could say, I'm doing this for Oliver. You know you're Oliver. Your brain knows you're Oliver. But you saying, I'm doing it for Oliver, instead of I'm doing this for me, can make a world of difference. And if that's how you have to start out. Well, and like, for me, I do a lot of my care tasks for my headmates. Like... When I brush my teeth, brushing my teeth is still... It's not as bad as it used to be because I have a softer toothbrush now um, and I don't use mint mint toothpaste anymore. (laughs) When I'm doing care tasks, it is for my headmates who I'm sharing this body with. Yeah. And the way that my body or my subconscious mind internalizes that is I'm really good at caring about myself. I really care about myself. Right. And that goes to so many other parts of my life as well. Sometimes it's, I really want to listen to this song, so I listen to that song. Like, it really is just listening to yourself or do something nice for yourself. I don't know, taking mental health days if you need them. Something I said in the self-compassion group is kind of like pulling at me again, kind of wanting to be said, and it is... Depression and not caring is like being in a forest. And the only way to get out is to start walking. Like, there's always going to be people 
like me and Ollie, who are going to be like lamp posts on the walk, or like lamp posts to light the way for you to get back. But if you don't start walking, you're never going to get out of the forest. Even if you think you're taking the tiniest step forward, at least you're taking a step forward. Like something done poorly is better than something not done at all. I'm going to wrap this up. And I don't have a question planned for next week, so I just completely blanked. How do I end my podcast? (laughs) I love myself. I love you. Thank you so much for listening.